What is the perfect gift? Now, now that we're sitting here just after Christmas, I think it's a pretty legitimate question. What is the perfect gift? Have you ever asked yourself that? It is at Christmas time that this type of question seems to become much more relevant than at any other time of the year. How would you personally answer that question? If you are a farmer, it may be a new John Deere thresher. If you are a fitness buff, it may be a gym membership with personal training thrown in. If you like golf, which, which I do, it may be a trip to Pebble Beach or Augusta National to see the Masters. So if anyone wants to get me a gift, there you go. <laughs> if you are a hunter, it might be the newest and coolest shotgun or bow. Whatever your interest is will determine how you answer that question. Each and every one of us has our own idea on what the perfect gift is. If you are not sure, I'm going to play a song here that might give you some ideas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave me three grand checks, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Christmas, my true love gave to me Fire 
Merry Sunday after Christmas and Happy New Year. Which one of those is your favorite? Because I'm such a huge fan of Caleb, I'm, I'm a big fan of the drummer's drumming. And sometimes the piper's piping, depending on what my mood is. The real question is, have you ever thought about giving one of these things? Perhaps the five golden rings to your beloved? What? Oh. <laughs> Speaking of gift giving, and since we just got finished with Christmas, let's take a look at gift givers. And I believe there's two kinds of gift givers, two main kinds, and then the rest of us fall somewhere in between. The first one is the overly prepared gift giver. They are the ones who had Christmas planned out since mid-July. These are the type of gift givers know which presents are perfect for which people and even go as far as color coordinating the wrapping with the bows, with the tags, with the ribbon, and so on. These gift givers really seem to put a lot of thought into every aspect of the gifts that they give. These are the people you hope draw your name in the company Secret Santa. The second type of gift giver is the let's see what's left gift giver. These people are out at Walgreens or Walmart at 11.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve, rummaging through the sale pile. They are the polar opposite of the first type of giver. This is the one who does not let things like style or size get in the way. <laughs> and then for the rest of us, we are somewhere in between. I want you to take a quick look at the video that we're going to be watching here and think about what kind of gift giver you are, or better yet, what is your motivation behind the gifts that you give? There, all done. Well, Eunice, that is a marvel, if you do say so yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Oh, well, it's just a little something that I picked up from my friend Tiffany. Heard of her? Mm. <laughs> it's for my sister-in-law. Oh. She works with children in Africa. It's a silver necklace. I thought she'd love that. Well, that is an expensive thought. <laughs> She's going to be very impressed. And it is the thought that counts. Mm. Although, last Christmas, she thought I would love this horrible vase. Oh, tacky. Well, I don't know how you find time to do it all. I mean, this whole shopping season just stresses me out. Hmm. I mean, I'm so busy worrying about my own life to think about every single person. So I just go down to the corner store, find the least expensive item in their clearance section, and wipe out their entire stock. Easy. Done. Ooh, clever. What you got there? Another silver necklace? <laughs> Diamond earrings. Oh, who are they for? For my niece. She's three. Years? Months. Ah, uh -huh. but I want her to look her best. And it's the little things that count. Absolutely. What you got there, Julie? Oh, this. <laughs> Is this book I made for my granddaughter? Oh, it's all about when she was born, how it was such a, such a wonderful time for all of us. Oh, and these are coupons for my husband. Oh. Well, they seem very affordable. I mean, what a lot of effort. How did you find the time? I just made the time. Mm. Huh. Well, I, I guess it is the, the thought that counts, mm. right? 
Well, I thought a lot about the sale, so I, I think that should count for something. Even though that's funny, I think it hits home a little bit, probably, when we begin to look at our motivation as to why we give gifts. And we're going to dig further into this issue here in just a minute. I remember a few Christmases ago when my wife got me one of the best gifts I have ever received, a golf package. I've been playing golf for over 20 years, actually closer to 30 years now, and it is something I have always been passionate about. Not a day goes by when I'm not at least in the yard swinging a golf club and taking out big divots out of my yard. I figure it's less grass to mow later. We had a gentleman in the church that I was serving at who was a certified golf instructor by the USGA, which is the United States Golf Association. My wife was able to get me some lessons with him as my gift. It was great because my wife knew what I was passionate about and got me something geared towards that passion. Some thought and some effort had to go into that gift. She clearly is not the one who, she's clearly not the see what's left type of gift giver. What is one of your favorite gifts? And just take a minute to think about that. This time of year, we like to talk about the greatest gift we have ever received, and that is Jesus Christ. Doug gave us a unique, unique view into this gift over the last four weeks. Today, I want to focus on a different idea of, of the gift of Jesus Christ. James 1.17, every generous act and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with him there is no variation or shadow cast by turning. Every good and perfect gift is from above. As good as my golf package was, it pales in comparison to the gifts that my Father in heaven poured down on me each and every day. The same applies to you as well. As good as this Christmas was, as good as your best Christmas has ever been, it pales in comparison to what your Heavenly Father gives you. It is this time of year that we become refocused on the gift of Jesus Christ. I am so thankful for that gift, but that is not what I want to talk about today. I want to show you that not only do we have a gift in Jesus, but as believers, we have received some very special gifts from Jesus. Some of these life-altering perfect gifts that you might say. The Bible is a love letter from God to us. In it, he tells us over and over again how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, and how much we mean to him. The Bible gives us example after example of the ways in which God blesses us each and every day. Jesus is the ultimate blessing through him. And through Jesus, we have been given many gifts that once we grasp these, our lives will be changed forever. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Gift number one, Jesus gives us the gift of eternal life. The first gift we receive is quite a doozy. It's the gift of eternal life. The Bible promises that through Jesus Christ, we receive the ability to live for eternity. And I'm not talking about the same type of eternity that we had when we were kids and we're driving in the car to grandma's house. This is going to take an eternity to get there. It actually means that we can live for as long as time is. There are a couple of things to be aware of with this gift, however. The eternity spoken about here is a spiritual eternity, not a physical one. Our bodies are not designed to go on forever, and praise the Lord for that. 
As we age, our flesh suits begin to decay and begin to break down. As this happens, however, our spirits remain vibrant and they remain alive. When our flesh finally gives way and we die, our spirits go on. Jesus Christ gives us the opportunity of allowing our spirits to go on for eternity. The second thing that must be realized for this gift is that it is available to all those who are in Christ Jesus. That means to be able to receive the gift of eternal life, you must first recognize who Jesus is and accept that he is the one who stood as a substitute of your sin and faced the cleansing wrath of God. Basically, if you can reconcile the fact that as a sinner you have no place in the kingdom of heaven and that God has provided a way past this problem through the sacrifice of the perfect lamb in Jesus Christ and you can accept this fact in your heart, you are given the first perfect gift of eternal life. How does this gift compare to what you received this year? Take a minute to let that sink in. I believe there are some in here who have yet to receive this first perfect gift of eternal life. If you are ready, there's going to be some time later on to open up this eternal life gift from Jesus Christ. As awesome and overwhelming as that first gift is, God cares for us so much that he gives us many, many more gifts from Jesus. Acts 2, verse 38. Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Number two, Jesus gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Once we have repented, and the best way to think of repenting is once we have felt sorry for and turned away from our sins, and, our, and, and we have given our hearts to Jesus Christ, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is something that enters into us after we accept Christ as our Savior, and it opens our hearts to God. The Holy Spirit is what God has given us as a guide until our Savior returns. Because our Savior is not here now, the Holy Spirit guides us through life. The Holy Spirit is what God uses to communicate with us and allows us to communicate with Him. That's why when you're trying to tell about a very personal experience with God and you're trying to tell somebody who's not a Christian, they can't understand it because they don't have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's the thing that's connecting you with God. It is by the Holy Spirit that we are driven to repentance and forgiveness when we sin. It is by the Holy Spirit that we are able to understand and interpret the Bible. It is because of the Holy Spirit that you were compelled this morning to come to church and connect your heart with God. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to truly worship. The Holy Spirit gives us power to the prayers that we lift up to the Lord on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Christ. It is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we have the ability to impact our communities for Jesus. With all of this going on, I want to be sure that you realize that the Holy Spirit is not something to be afraid of. I think many of us growing up in church, we were taught that the Holy Spirit is something to fear. And the Holy Spirit is something that we don't want to talk about, something we don't want to deal with. The Holy Spirit is a gift from heaven through Jesus. And one that helps us live out our call and be all that God needs us to be. The gift of the Holy Spirit is a wonderful, powerful, 
gift from Jesus Christ. Are you willing to let the Holy Spirit do in you what God needs it to do? If so, you will have a chance to respond in a while. So we have the gift of eternal life. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. How does that compare to your gift giving? I mean, I gave my daughter some money so they could buy some clothes. That in about six months, or in the case of my oldest daughter, about four days, will not fit her anymore. And God gave me eternal life. This whole gift thing is getting pretty outrageous, isn't it? I was feeling very, very proud of myself and very good about myself, thinking that I was a very good gift giver. But Jesus has taken this thing to a completely different level. And he's beginning to teach me a little bit about gifts. Maybe our perfect God and his perfect son are teaching us about what a perfect gift is. If I go back to the first question of what is a perfect gift, I think Jesus is teaching us a thing or two. The next gift is one that so many of us in here this morning absolutely desire and long for. John 3.16. Every kid in every Sunday school was taught to memorize this. But I want us to say this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I want you to let that sink in for a minute. In light of what we're talking about this morning, let that sink in. Number three, Jesus gives us the gift of love. The holiday season can be a very tough time if you are alone or you are struggling with various things. You know, I think of the quicks who, who, who just lost their mother just a couple days ago. Christmas doesn't mean the same now as it used to. You look around and all you see are happy smiles, unhappy faces of happy families. And honestly, that's the last thing you want to see. Everything you watch on TV reminds you that you are missing something that we so desperately want this holiday season. And that is love. But I'm here to tell you love is a gift that can only truly come from heaven. It can't be found under a tree. It's not wrapped in a box. You didn't open it up on Christmas morning. It can only be found from heaven. It can only be given to us through the person of Jesus Christ. We in America have really gotten sidetracked with this whole idea and this whole concept of love. It is amazing to me that we can talk about how much we love the shoes we got, the car we got, the phone we got, the computer we got, and then the next breath, we'll tell our spouse, our mother, or our children how much we love them. All in the same sentence. I think we have love mixed up. 
I love cake. I do. I do, by the way. And I love my wife aren't the same thing. Yet we throw it out like it is. I work at the movie theater. I see people come out all the time. I love that movie. I love that actor. I love that actress. That isn't the same. That is an emotional feeling. Love is a person. God gave us the definition of love in the person of Jesus Christ. He longed for us so much, which is the agape love, that he sent his only son to die so that we would not be separated him for one second of eternity. That's the gift he wanted to give to you. That I created you, I love you, I walk with you each minute of every day. I can't bear to live a second without you. Have you put that into one of the gifts that you've given? Do you put that kind of love in the gifts that you give back to God? The same kind of love he puts in the gifts that he gives to us. The gift of love is impossible to find on earth. We've all tried. Some of us are in here this morning trying right now. And I'm telling you, not to discourage you, but I'm telling you it's impossible to find. The gift of love is what we celebrated on Christmas Eve. That gift of love is available to you right here and right now. And if you are a believer, that gift of love has been here all along. You have just stopped looking for it. As a believer, we've always had the gift of love. Always. But I've done it, and you guys have done it, and I know some of you are struggling with it right now. We've turned our eyes from that gift of love. And for, search for something we could see, touch, or feel. For God so loved you that he gave the gift of his son Jesus, and through Jesus... The love of God is given back to you. Celebrate him. If love is what you desire, you will have a chance to respond here in a minute. So how do I take all this in? You know, sharing a, a pastor side note, when, when you do these messages, and I know Doug's the same way, they probably hit us more personally than you guys. And I want you to know that. I know people are going to leave here and like, man, he spoke to me and he, believe me, God spoke to me first. And now he gets to speak to you. So how do I take all this in? Eternal life, Holy Spirit, and love. In the light of all these wonderful, awesome, overwhelmingly powerful gifts that I have received from Jesus and that you have received from Jesus, what are we supposed to do? If you are like me, which a lot of you probably are, and you receive an awesome gift, what do you want to do? You want to give a gift back, right? In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how can I top the golf gift my wife gave me? I can't. I'm trying. (laughs) But how do I do that? What can I possibly give Jesus that can even come within a universe of what he has given me? What is comparable to eternal life? What is as powerful as the Holy Spirit? What is as comforting and wonderful as the love of the Savior? What do I have 
that he could possibly want. When I build up enough courage and willingness to offer something back to God, it usually will be a problem, a sin, or something that I can bear to handle no longer. And I hope I'm not the only one. I love to give God my failures, my struggles, my disappointments, my pain, my temptations, or my brokenness. When I'm feeling really churchy, or spiritual, as they say, I'm willing to offer up things like my dreams, my victories, my strengths, or my joys. And in incredibly vulnerable and brave moments, I'm willing to offer up my abilities. Don't get me wrong, Jesus loves these things. And I'm not saying that. He loves it when you give him these things. Whether they be struggles, whether they be victories, or whether they just be the everyday things of life. He loves to carry our burdens with us, and he loves to rejoice with us in the heavens with our victories. But I think in these moments, we are keeping back the one thing which God wants the most. Mark 1, verses 17 and 18. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Jesus gives us a very important tip as to what he wants from us. Notice that he says, follow me and I will make you. He does not say, I will make your nets, or I will make your dreams, or I will make your strengths, or I will make your abilities. He says, I will make you. In some translations, it says, drop your nets and follow me. God is not necessarily interested in our stuff. He loves it when we give it to him. And I'm not saying that. He really does love it when we share our lives with him. But he is not interested in it. He wants us. You follow me. I will make you. The best gift you can give Jesus in return for what he has given you is yourself. Just as you are today. He doesn't want you cleaned up. He doesn't want you dressing nice. He doesn't want you dressing churchy. He just wants you as you are today. He wants you with your warts, with your blemishes. And Lord knows we all have them. He wants them with your struggles. He wants them with your sin, with your temptation. He wants you with your joys and with your victories. He wants every, every piece of you. And more importantly, he wants the parts that you're afraid to give him this morning. That's really what he wants. So I challenge you to give that to him this Christmas season. Give him yourself. I think today would be that perfect day. You're not going to have a chance to respond if the Lord has motivated you to do so. I'm a firm believer in that. I, I, I used to be the type of guy, I'll say in my heart, Lord, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make a change. And when you leave the building, nothing ever happened. But I remember that first time I actually had to stand to respond. Guess what? Something happened. It became real. It meant something. I'm going to give you guys that opportunity. If you are willing and you feel like God is asking you to respond, 
write on the card, you have, you all should have an index card. Write on that card what you feel like Jesus is giving you today. Is he giving you eternal life? Is he giving you the Holy Spirit or is he giving you love? But more importantly, what I, what else I want you to get right on the other side, on one side, right, eternal love, eternal love, that too, eternal, eternal life, Holy Spirit or love. On the other side, I want you to write what you're giving to Jesus. Maybe it's a burden, maybe it's a sin, maybe it's a struggle, maybe it's a dream that hasn't been fulfilled yet, whatever it is. Maybe it's just yourself, draw a little stick figure. Or if you're a better artist than me, draw something better than that. But on that one side, write that, on the other side, write what gift he's given you. I'm going to be playing a video here in a minute. After the video's over, I'm going to go right into prayer. There is this metal bucket right here. I'm going to put this on the subwoofer. If you feel like the Lord is asking you to respond during the video or during the prayer, bring that card up and throw it in here. And when you throw this in here, receive that gift that he's given you. Don't just throw this in. You're going to get something back. When Jesus takes something away, he also gives you something to fill it up. So you're going to have an opportunity to do that. Listen to this video carefully. I think this is going to really nail how some of you are feeling right now. And then I'm going to go right into prayer. Christmas. It's so complex. Yet so simple. It's so incredibly beautiful. I think about the wise men. How they came with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gifts fit for a king. And I find myself asking, what gift could I possibly offer as I celebrate his birth? I mean, 2,000 years before every mistake I have ever made. Every hurt I have ever felt. And every wrong I have ever committed. A Savior was born. A Savior that would heal, perform miracles, and ultimately give His life as a ransom for me to save my messy life. He gave the gift of Himself. So it seems the greatest gift I could give to Him would be to just follow His lead. To give Him the gift of myself. All of me. My wounds. My sickness. My grief. Everything. When I do that, when I give Him the gift of myself, it doesn't stop there. He just keeps giving back. I realize He loves and cares more than I can imagine. I am redeemed by the Savior. All the sin, all the pain, all the mistakes, they're just remnants that die before they ever existed. God for Christmas. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you 
Father, for this day. I believe today is one of those banner, calendar circling, always remembering types of days today for some many people in this room right now, Father. I believe that with all my heart. Today is your day, Father. Today is the day in which we glorify you. Today is the day in which we magnify you, Father. Today is the day in which we love you. Father God, I know I can sense that there's a lot of thoughts going through people's minds right now. There's many of them who are struggling, like, do I stand up? Do I go up front? And do I offer myself to you? I'm broken, Father. I'm dirty. I'm hurting. I'm all bound up, Father. This sin has overwhelmed me. This temptation has overtaken me. How could you possibly want me? Give those people your love right now, Father. Just pour it out. I believe there's people in here right now, Father God, who have yet to take that step of faith. They know about it. Maybe they've been going to church a very long time. But they've never accepted the sacrifice that you've paid for them. They never accepted the fact that they're sinners. And because of their sin, they're going to be eternally separated from you, Father. But because you love us, and because your son loves us, you sent him to this earth to die on our behalf. So if today is your day to accept that gift of eternal life, just come up. Just take it. It's being offered to you. You just have to take it. I believe there's people in here right now, Father God, who are struggling with this whole idea of Holy Spirit. Ever since they were little, they've been taught Holy Spirit is something to fear. Holy Spirit is something to be afraid of. Holy Spirit is something we never talk about in church. Father God, that is so far from the truth of what your Holy Spirit is. Your Holy Spirit guides us, Father. Your Holy Spirit leads us. Your Holy Spirit comforts us, Father. It's through your Holy Spirit that I'm able to come and pray to you right now, Father, because of that Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I pray right now that there's people in this room who will receive that gift of the Holy Spirit and allow it to transform their lives. They know they said the prayer. They know they have you in their heart. They know they believe you as their Savior, and they've accepted that gift of eternal life. But yet something is missing from their walk. Power is missing from their prayers. When they study the Bible, they're getting nothing out of it. Nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. Father, because they haven't accepted the gift of your Holy Spirit. So give that to them today, Father God. Finally, Lord, I believe there's many, and I think all of us, and not everybody's going to come up and that's okay, but all of us need to offer you ourselves this morning. We all do. You don't want what I can do. You don't want what I can say. You don't want what I can offer, Father. You want me. You want my heart. You want my spirit. You want all my flaws and all my blemishes and all my victories and all my joys. 
You just want me. And I believe that's the same for everybody else in this room right now, Father God. You just want them. The best gift we can give you, Father, is ourselves. It's coming into this building one person and leaving completely different. Because I've been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and by a God who loves me. More than I could ever possibly imagine. So I thank you, Father, for this day. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for what you're doing amongst your people right now. Lord God, we love you. But I do pray today that that's not just a word that I'm saying to you, but that's an action that I'm doing. You showed your love in action. And so I want to show my love to you in action, Father. I ask that you take all these things, if people brought them up, if they're going to bring them up, God, I ask that you take all these and you do with them what your will is. I'm not going to pretend to know what your plan is. I'm not going to pretend to know what you're going to do with those things that they offer you, God, but I know that you will do something with them. But I do know when they leave, Father, it's going to be a glorious day when they step out of those doors in the back because they responded to you, because they allowed you to move and work in their lives. And Father God, I can't wait to praise and rejoice with them. So, Father, we just lay all this before you, Father, you know. As we come before you, Father, I, I lay you know, the ability to say exactly what I want to say before you. You know, I know the worship team lays their ability to worship before you. And I know the people in the congregation lay all that they are and all that they have before you right now, Father. And I thank you. And I honor you, Father God. And I know that 2014 is going to be the best year of our lives. Because you are a God of moving forward, not a God of looking back. It is in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen.